Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Well, hello, my golf friends. Welcome back to Above Par. I hope you had a beautiful week. We're celebrating all the mothers in your world. Or if you're a mother, hope you were celebrating you. Or if you're a mother of a dog or a cat, or my daughter has hermit crabs, those all count. Right? Just celebrating anybody that you're taking care of, in my opinion. I always, I take like three days off out of the year. I take my birthday off, which is in July. I take off Mother's Day and I take off Christmas. I mean, that's it. I probably take off Thanksgiving and some other days, but I definitely always decided those were my days that I'm going to not do any work. (laughs) Except this year I've recorded this podcast. So I guess I didn't stick to that role, but I have enjoyed this day. It was amazing. So I want to give a shout out to another listener, Lee. Thank you so much for sending me the email. I'm going to paraphrase some of this because it was a little bit longer than I probably need to give all the details here. But she said, Kathy. I can't tell you how much your podcast have resonated with me just this past week. You have turned on the light bulb for me. I honestly don't know if I can turn this around by myself, but now I know what I need to work on. My goal today will be to recognize the negative thoughts and stop them in their tracks. Instead, I will determine to see the potential. The fact that I keep showing up to play with the hope that I can change means to me that I haven't stopped believing yet. I will choose to believe without evidence. I think this will be a hard process, but worthwhile. All this to say, thank you for your wealth of information. Lee, that's amazing. That's so good. I love the believing without evidence. So good. Yes, it might be hard and you do not have to do this alone. I will definitely be offering up some opportunities in the near future to help people besides one-on-one coaching. You can always do that, but different ways to help people so you don't have to go through the process on your own. Because I think it's just really so valuable for people to, someone like me, to just pluck out the thoughts. I hear them right away. <laughs> my, my clients are like, how'd you hear that? And I'm like, I just, I have a very sensitive ear. I can catch all those little thoughts that are holding you back and just show you all the thoughts that are up there that are spinning around in your head that we end up believing, right? They get stuck in this little loop and we believe them. And that's how we kind of stay where we are or we don't produce results or we're just a little bit, uh, you know, miserable or unhappy on the golf course. So Lee, thank you so much for sending me that email. I'm so happy that you're finding all that information and value out of the content here on the podcast. So thank you for listening. And if you have something you want to share with me, I want to know about all of your wins, big and small. So please make sure that you reach out to me at Kathy at KathyHartwood.com. Send me an email. I want to hear all about them and I will share them on the podcast. So today I want to talk about when not to work on your golf swing. And I'm a big proponent of practicing. I think you need to practice to get better. You're not just born with the gift of golf, right? You, it's a skill that we have to keep developing and we have to play whack-a-mole so we don't let bad habits creep in. But there are times when we rush to the range to practice and to work on our swing or to start tweaking our swing or we tell ourselves that something's wrong with our swing unnecessarily. So in essence, we're wasting time or If we're not practicing the right thing, if there really wasn't a problem, we could be going backwards a little bit. So I want to just bring to your attention different things that show up that I've heard people say where they felt like they needed to go practice. And there's a couple things that I want to tell you about how to check first if you need to go to the range. It can seem so believable 
that you need to go practice because you miss hit a shot or you had a bad result. But let's make sure that it's actually a technical issue or it's a swing issue or you need to rush out and get a, a uh, lesson or go buy a new club or something or a new golf glove. I don't know. I've heard it all. <laughs> but let's go through a couple of different scenarios that might raise a couple of red flags for you and for you to double check with yourself. So one of them is if you have a one-off shot, that one shot that you just kind of hit out of the blue that's random. So let's say you hit a hook on one of the holes and it ended up behind a tree and you had to chip out or you had an unplayable lie. It can seem really like a negative experience or a negative shot, but really part of that was unlucky. And then the other part of it was maybe you don't do that all the time, right? I always encourage you not to fix things unless there's a pattern in them. So if you hit this random one-off shot and you think that something is broken in you, let's say you had a shank. <laughs> yeah, I said it, a shank, right? Let's say you had one shank. That's not necessarily a reason to run to the range. It could be just like, a, hmm, that's weird. Where'd that come from? I mean, that's totally available to you too. You have two options there. You have the option to say, I'm broken or no big deal. Those are both available to you. We often pick that I'm broken. There's something to fix. I'm not good enough. I need to practice more. When it was just a shot that we randomly don't hit very often, kind of like sculling it out of the bunker. If you're pretty good out of the bunker, right, and you skull one out of the bunker, that doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. It doesn't mean you need to rush to the bunker or you need to go get a bunker lesson. And I think we have a tendency to do this because they're so painful shots, right, that we don't like, like those those shots that we really try to avoid. Or it's just one off. It doesn't happen very often. But we can create a bigger problem for ourselves if we think that there's something wrong with our swing. Right. So I encourage you, if you have one of those just one-off swings, it didn't happen very often, it's out of the blue, kind of weird, gives you a little like, hmm, wonder where that came from kind of thing, doesn't necessarily mean you have to run to the range or have a golf lesson. Okay, number two is conditions. So often people will go play, let's say, on aerated greens, and then they'll complain that they three-putted three or four times. Right, Aerated greens, to me, are a pass. You got to totally give yourself a pass. That doesn't mean you're not putting well. There's there's so many more obstacles in your way of making a smooth, straight putt, a predictable putt, that it's totally not necessary to beat up yourself or your putting stroke or to lose confidence over aerated greens. If you're playing golf on freshly punched greens, you got to give yourself a pass. I play automatic two putts just because I'm not even willing for it to dampen my confidence with my putter. Because <laughs> you all know the story about me and my putter. Right? So I'm not going to even let that be a moment to dampen how I feel about my putting because it's just so unpredictable. You can hit a beautiful putt, hit one of those little marks, one of those little holes and go sideways. And then we beat ourselves up. Another one could be as if it's rained a lot and they haven't had an opportunity to mow. So the grass is really long. The rough is very long. Right? And you might have bad experience of getting out of the rough, or you might have tried and hit clubs that you shouldn't be hitting out of the rough just because you're not used to that and you think something's wrong with your swing. You run and take a lesson and say, I need help with my hybrids because I can't hit it out of five inch rough. <laughs> okay, these are things I've heard. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so, um, okay, or it's super windy, right? So if it's super windy and you're not hitting the ball super solid, those were two supers in one sentence. What happens in the wind is it really requires you to hit very solid shots. The more you curve your ball or you miss hit your ball, that wind just eats it up. It gobbles it up. It turns it more sideways or it affects its different uh, distance more. So it can make us feel like we're not hitting it very well or that there's a problem with our swing because the wind really exaggerates any miss that we have. 
So it's something to take into consideration that you might have just had a day where you just didn't hit it very solid. One of the challenges in the wind, too, is to stay pretty, if it's a heavy wind, is to stay pretty steady so we can fight the wind with our body, whether we're downwind or into the wind. And that can make us miss hit shots uh, just a little bit. And then the wind creates a huge mistake or a huge errant shot. So weather conditions too, the rain would be another one. If you were playing in a lot of rain during the day and you didn't hit very well, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to run to the range and start practicing or fix your swing or tweak your swing. The third one is if you're just playing casual around and you're goofing off. Which is very fun. And the reason it's fun is because we take that pressure off of our results. And that's why you have such a good time out there. You're like, when it doesn't matter what I shoot, my score doesn't matter. We're just having fun. Or you might be having a couple drinks, you're goofing off, you're having conversations you normally wouldn't have during a, a serious round or competition. And then you make mental errors or you don't go through your pre shot routine or you're not as deliberate or focused. And then you make mistakes. And then you think there's something wrong when really the truth is you weren't focused and you weren't paying attention or you just picked up your phone and you read an email from work or the PTA or your nasty neighbor, right? And you're all ticked off and then you go make a swing and you're all over the place because you're tense, right? These are things that we normally wouldn't do during a tournament. But yet what happens is all we think about was like, I miss hit that shot on three. I miss hit that shot on seven. I made a big number on nine, but we're not paying attention to what happened before it. We're not taking attention that you just had a nasty conversation or you were talking too much or you're rushing to the shop because you're there over there goofing off or you're on your sixth white claw. (laughs) Right? We want to take those things into consideration. What was leading up to that shot? Were you doing the same things that you would do normally in a tournament round or a serious round? If not, maybe it's not your swing. And the reason why this is so important is because now we think that we're broken. Like I said before, we think that we need to fix something. We think we're not good enough. Where we could ease a lot of that uncertainty if we took into consideration what happened beforehand. This also is a big thing if you just came from a long day at work and you're playing later in the day and your brain's a little fried. Right? You don't have as much going on up there. right? You, you're done with all your poker chips. You've used them all during the day at work. And so you might be a little mentally tired. And that's going to show in some of your shots, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with your swing. And then the fourth way is just mental errors that we're not paying attention to. You might come in and say, well, I really hit a bad iron on number six, but you didn't pay attention to the thought that those people were really annoying you that were standing around the side of the hole, right? (laughs) Right? And you were distracted thinking about them and you weren't thinking about what you needed to do over the golf ball. Of course, that's going to affect how you perform. That's not your best state to bring out your best swing. Maybe you chunked a wedge and you missed the thought that I might skull this over the green. And now you're a little nervous and hesitant. And now you think there's something wrong with your wedges, right? That's not necessarily the case. Remember, I tell you that for you to play your best golf, to take your, all of your talent out on the golf course, you want to play in your preferred state. It's two steps. Play in your preferred state, which is usually calm, certain, or confident, or a synonym of that. And then hit as many shots from that state as possible. It's two steps. Figure out what your preferred state is. It's usually calm, certain, or confident, or a synonym of that. And then hit as many golf shots from there as possible. Anything other than that is not likely to bring out all of your talent. So if you're not noticing the times that you're distracted or you're nervous or you're ticked off or you're anxious, if you're totally disconnected from all of that, you're going to blame your golf swing for those mistakes. And I can promise you (laughs) that the 
easier of the two tasks is to manage a thought versus make a swing change. That takes a lot of time and consistency and making sure you're doing the right thing. And probably a lot of money on lessons. (laughs) I'm just saying. Much easier to clean up your thoughts first, right? Take out as much talent that you have on the golf course as possible and continue to keep up-leveling your skill set. So before you go run into the range to practice for hours or spend more money on a golf lesson or go out and buy a whole new set of clubs because that's going to be the magic ticket, (laughs) let's just make sure that it is your swing. That is a technical issue. Right. Check in that it wasn't just a one-off shot, just something random that happened. And you get to decide whether it was random or a problem. You get to pick either one of those thoughts. Let's make sure that it wasn't the conditions that were affecting your ability to swing your best. Casual round of golf, how focused and prepared and going through your pre-shot routine were you? How distracted were you during the round? And then four, of course, look at all your mental errors. Ask yourself before you start complaining about a certain shot or thinking that there's a problem, what was I thinking or what was I doing before that shot? Was I in one of my preferred states? Because if I wasn't, or if you weren't, (laughs) it likely was not your golf swing. It was likely that you were in your own way of being able to make your best swing. So how do you know if it is mechanical? How do you know if you need to go take a lesson or run to the range and practice some more above and beyond your normal amount of practicing? If you stood over the ball and you were in one of the three C's or your preferred state, and you create consistent misses that are not typical of your golf, you might have a mechanical issue. And I'm just going to say you should always start your setup. 90% of the time it starts in your setup before it goes to something in your swing because it takes too long to change your swing, good or bad. So always start in your setup. But as long as you were in a really good state of mind, you felt pretty calm and certain, you went through your pre-shot routine, and then you take took, hit a funky shot, and you did that more than once, it was kind of a pattern out there, it's probably time to go to the range before you ingrain something that is going to take you more work to correct. All right, my friends, I love you practicing. I love you spending time in the range, but I want to make sure that you have a plan and I want to make sure that you're going out there intentionally and that it's necessary so that you don't waste your time and that you don't actually go backwards because you're practicing on things that are not a problem. And remember, feel free to reach out to me at Kathy at Kathy Hartwood if I can help you in any way. All right. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.